You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Well, this morning, if you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And as you do so, um, I, I got to, it's so hard for me to do this, but I got to make an apology. Um, I have been judging people strongly for years, and I feel like now is the time to come clean. Um, there's a certain demographic of individuals that I've been judging very, very harshly. And, and, and I hope that you're not in this demographic. That's my prayer. Um, but if you are 25 years of age or older and still play video games, I'm sorry. <laughs> because I've been judging you harshly for years. Um, in my mind, there comes a time where you, you put away the Hot Wheels and the My Little Ponies and video games, and you do grown-up stuff. So, and, and that's how I felt for a long time. Is there anybody in here 25 or older who is still playing video games that I need to apologize to you as I look? Carlos, I don't care. Anybody else? <laughs> anybody else that I could? Okay. So here's part of the reason why I have to apologize is because... <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. Just like a couple of months ago, I was um, bored and I had my iPhone. How many of you know that's dangerous to be bored and to have an iPhone? So I'm going through the apps and I came across a game. Now I'm bored and it's a major league baseball tap game. So all you do is, is, is you, you get to choose whatever team you want to be, your favorite Major League Baseball team. So, duh, it's the Braves, right? Everybody would agree with that. So I choose the Braves, and I get to bat for them. And you hit home runs. And, and so now as I'm thinking about it, really, I'm not playing video games. I'm kind of like an athlete, a video athlete. <laughs> so I still go back to judging the rest of you uh, because I'm a video athlete, not, not a gamer. So, but anyways, as you win, as you hit home runs, you like get these coins, right? You can get these coins. And, and so as an athlete, you want to invest in your team, right? So now I'm investing in my team and every so often there'll be this little thing that will scroll across the computer game and it'll say limited time offer for $4.99. You can buy more coins. And so, um, I bought more coins, <laughs> And I'm so glad that when, when we get the bill, my wife doesn't understand what it's really for. She just sees like iTunes, right? But it's for a, a video game. That's what it is. But, but, so, but it said limited time offer. How many of you get excited when you see limited time offer? No matter what it is, it could be for something as dumb as coins on a video game. But when it says limited time offer, you're like, I'm in. I'm there. Say no more. Anybody in here? Okay. So I was thinking about that this week, and there really is a psychology behind advertisers who run limited time offers. They say that you go through three stages as a consumer when you hear limited time offer. They say the first stage is that you begin to process, wait a minute, this is a really good deal. They said the second stage is this. It forces you or pushes you to make a decision. And then the final thing that it does is it creates a sense of urgency. So it makes you think this is a good deal. The second thing it does, it pushes you to a point of decision and it creates within you a sense of urgency because at the end of it all, it's just a limited time offer. You better take advantage of it. Hmm. 
And so when I read Psalm chapter 39, verse 5, listen to it. I know it's not in your notes, but listen to me. I recognize that I have a limited time offer. It says, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Put your hand out in front of you this morning, if you would. Just measure it from one side to the other. They say, that's the breadth of your life. I guess what I'm saying this morning is that I'm recognizing each of us have been given a limited time offer. God has given us a limited time offer to partner with him and to be used by him in doing kingdom stuff. And so when I know that I have a limited time offer in my life, you know what it does to me? It makes me realize that this is a really good deal. What kind of a great deal is this that you and I get to be used by the Holy Spirit to do crazy kingdom stuff? In this limited time that I have, I can be used by God. I would say that's a great offer. The second thing it does is it propels me to a point of decision making. What am I going to do with my time? Am I going to use my time or am I not going to use my time? And when I have made that decision, it creates within me a sense of urgency. I know that my life is nothing but a breath. So I want to take every ounce of it that I have and use it for God's kingdom. Somebody in here, tell me you know what I'm talking about. God has designed you to do kingdom stuff with the limited time that you have. And I don't know if you're like I am, but I can fall into a trap. I can go to bed at night and just assume tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I I can lay down, go to sleep, and just figure that I've got another day and a day after that and a week after that and a month after that. When the reality is Scripture tells me, now I'm nothing but a breath in the wind. I, I could be here today and gone tomorrow. I've got a limited time offer. And so it creates within me a desire of passion to use my time to serve him as hard as I can. But then I find this out to be true too. Not only do I have a limited time offer, but in my passion to want to serve God, I discover that I have limitations too. That there are things in me Um, that aren't as good as what other people are able to do. That I have limitations. I can't be good at everything. And so there's this this tension there. I want to serve God with all that I have, and yet I'm an imperfect person trying to serve a perfect God, and I'm full of limitations. So the question becomes this. What do we do? With being a people who want to serve God passionately, understanding we have a limited time, but also understanding that we have limitations. I want to introduce you to a guy this morning. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever watched a TED Talk, like 15-minute things, and they get some really neat teachings. But there's a guy by the name of Phil Hansen. You talk about a man with limitations, but you discover a man when you watch this who would not be held back by his limitations. Watch this with me. So when I was in art school, I developed a shake in my hand, and this was the straightest line I could draw. Now, in hindsight, it was actually good for some things, like mixing a can of paint or shaking a Polaroid. But 
at the time, this was really doomsday. This was, this was the destruction of my dream of becoming an artist. The Sheikh developed out of really a single-minded pursuit of pointillism, just years of making tiny, tiny dots. And eventually, these dots went from being perfectly round to looking more like tadpoles because of the Sheikh. So to compensate, I'd hold the pen tighter, and this progressively made the Sheikh worse, so I'd hold the pen tighter still. And this became a vicious cycle that ended up causing so much pain and joint issues, I had trouble holding anything. And after spending all my life wanting to do art, I left art school, and then I left art completely. But after a few years, I just couldn't stay away from art, and I decided to go to a neurologist about the shake and discovered I had permanent nerve damage. And he actually took one look at my squiggly line and said, well, why don't you just embrace the shake? So I did. I went home, I grabbed a pencil, and I just started letting my hand shake and shake. I was making all these scribble pictures. And even though it wasn't the kind of art that I was ultimately passionate about, it felt great. And more importantly, once I embraced the shake, I realized I could still make art. I just had to find a different approach to making the art that I wanted. I ended up having an approach to creativity that completely changed my artistic horizons. This was the first time I'd encountered this idea that embracing the limitation could actually drive creativity. At the time, I was finishing up school, and I was so excited to get a real job and finally afford new art supplies. I had this horrible little set of tools, and I felt like I could do so much more with the supplies I thought an artist was supposed to have. I actually didn't even have a regular pair of scissors. I was using these metal shears until I stole a pair from the office that I worked at. So I got out of school, I got a job, I got a paycheck, I got myself to the art store, and I just went nuts buying supplies. And then when I got home, I sat down and I set myself to test to really try to create something just completely outside of the box. But I sat there for hours, and nothing came to mind. The same thing the next day, and then the next, quickly slipping into a creative slump. And I was in a dark place for a long time, unable to create. And it didn't make any sense, because I was finally able to support my art, and yet I was creatively blank. But as I searched around in the darkness, I realized I was actually paralyzed by all of the choices that I never had before. And it was then that I thought back to my jittery hands, embrace the shake. And I realized if I ever wanted my creativity back, I had to quit trying so hard to think outside of the box and get back into it. I wondered, could you become more creative then by looking for limitations? What if I could only create with a dollar's worth of supplies? At this point, I was spending a lot of my evenings in, well, I guess I still spend a lot of my evenings in Starbucks, but I know you can ask for an extra cup if you want one. So I decided to ask for 50. Surprisingly, they just handed them right over, and then with some pencils I already had, I made this project for only 80 cents. It really became a moment of clarification for me that we need to first be limited in order to become limitless. Or what if instead of painting with a brush, I can only paint with karate chops? <laughs> so I dipped my hands in paint, and I just, I just attacked the canvas, and I actually hit so hard that I bruised a joint in my pinky, and it was stuck straight for a couple weeks. What if I didn't embrace the shake? Because embracing the shake for me wasn't just about arts and having art skills. It turned out to be about life and having life skills. Because ultimately, most of what we do takes place here, 
inside the box with limited resources. Learning to be creative within the confines of our limitations is the best hope we have to transform ourselves and collectively transform our world. Looking at limitations as a source of creativity changed the course of my life. Now, when I run into a barrier or I find myself creatively stumped, I sometimes still struggle, but I continue to show up for the process and try to remind myself of the possibilities, like using hundreds of real live worms to make an image, <laughs> using a pushpin to tattoo a banana, <laughs> or painting a picture with hamburger grease. One of my most recent endeavors is to try to translate the habits of creativity that I've learned into something others can replicate. Limitations may be the most unlikely of places to harness creativity, but perhaps one of the best ways to get ourselves out of ruts, rethink categories, and challenge accepted norms. And instead of telling each other to seize the day, maybe. We can remind ourselves every day to seize the limitation. Thank you. So, how many? How, okay, just honestly, show of hands, how many of you are going to go home, guys, probably, and karate chop the wall today? <laughs> and yeah. So we, we, we recognize this. We, we all of us have some physical limitations. Some of us have educational limitations. Some of us have experiential limitations. What we saw Phil with was a physical limitation that he didn't allow to hold him back. Now, while we might have physical limitations, emotional limitations, maybe educational limitations, let me tell you one thing that you don't have, nor will you ever have. You will never have spiritual limitations because you are known by him. And because you are known by him, those things that you see as limitations in your life that might hold you back from taking advantage of the limited time offer that we have, they are non-existent because we know this. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. All things can be done through Christ who strengthens us. He can take our limitations and paint a masterpiece with it. And what I'm always blown away by is some of those that that we would look at as heroes of the faith. And one thing that I've noticed with every single hero of the faith that you can find in the Bible, you know what? Each and every single one of them had limitations. They understood they had a limited time offer. They understood that they had a small window of opportunity to serve God with all they had. But they also understood that in themselves they weren't perfect, that they had limitations. And they weren't considered heroes because there was a lack of limitations. They're considered hero because they looked at their limitation as an opportunity for an invitation to allow God to work in their lives. Check out Paul, the Apostle Paul. Now, you talk about a hero of the faith. How many of you would say this morning, if you write two-thirds of the New Testament, you're doing pretty good, right? It wouldn't seem like you got a lot of limitations. And yet Paul becomes so transparent here in chapter 12, verse 7. He talks about a limitation that he has. Listen to what he says. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, how many of you would agree with me this morning that if you didn't have limitations in your life, there's an opportunity for you to become conceited? 
How many of you kind of struggle with being conceited? <laughs> you lie to me. <laughs> like I saw one person, that's all I got them. <laughs> Anybody else? Nope. Not me. We all have opportunities to become conceited, don't we? And could you imagine that if we were really good at everything, like there was nothing that people didn't step back and go, wow, they got it all together. Can you imagine how conceited of a life that we would live? Paul's saying, I've got this, I got this limitation. And so be, to, in order that I won't live a conceited life, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, theologians, they, they for probably since the moment Paul got that thorn in the flesh, have debated, what was that? Was it like a physical thing that he was suffering with? Was poss- It's possible. Some people theorize that, that that was like an addiction that he had or this one sin that, that man just kind of had a grip on him. That he, as much as he wanted to, and you can hear this in Romans when he writes the, to the Roman church, when he says, man, the things I don't want to do, those are the darn things I end up doing and the things I, I want to do, I don't do. What, what a wretched man I am, right? Have you ever felt that way before? Like, you know what you want to do, but you end up doing the exact opposite of that very thing. Like, you know you don't want to buy more coins, but you buy more coins because it's a limited time offer of only $4.99. But we end up doing things we don't want to do. And so some people theorize that maybe that's the thorn in the flesh. The reality is we don't know. That's the reality. We don't know. But what we do know is Paul saw that as a limitation in his life. And it bothered him. Deeply. It bothered him so much that he would say, I've asked God three times, would you just get rid of this? Have you ever ever had something of a limitation in your life that you've just gone back to God over and over and over he said, Lord, would you fix this, this limitation in my life? Would you change this limitation in my life? L- listen to what he says about that, though. From verse 8, we'll skip that of the world, not verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Come on, I want you to read this out loud with me. For my power is made perfect. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's that's God. Because only God could take our imperfections and our limitations and make it something that gives him glory. That in our limitation, God gets glory. Listen, so many times we think God will get the glory if I'm just living this perfect, awesome life. I can do all these things and and people will look at me and I can say, oh, look, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they'll go, oh, my gosh. But only God would say, listen, not only in your strengths, but in your limitations, in your weaknesses, I will show myself strong. In your weaknesses, in your limitations, I will show my power and my glory and my mighty. Because at the end of the day, guess what? It's not about you. It's about him. And he'll take whatever it is in your life that you look at as a defect and he's going to shift it around in God's economy and it's going to cause him glory. Because we've got a limited time offer. And in that limited time offer, God is going to do amazing things in our life. Verse 10, he says, And that's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, what? Strong. God takes our limitations 
and uses them for his glory. In your notes, write this down. The Apostle Paul had a limitation he wanted God to remove. But God chose to work through his limitation to bring Paul to a greater level of effectiveness. So what we got to do is this. We recognize the limited time offer that we have been given by God to do great God things. We recognize that we have limitations. So what do we do with those limitations? How do we leverage those limitations for God's glory? But I think the first thing we got to do is write this down. Is that we have to understand that everyone has limitations. Know that. Every single person has limitations. One of my favorite actors, uh, Clint Eastwood, had a line in a movie, a man needs to know his limitations. And then he went all dirty hairy on someone. It was beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) But it's true, right? Everybody needs to know that you have limitations. If you don't think that you have limitations, I challenge you to do this. Go ask your boss. Go ask a friend who actually likes you and is willing to tell you the truth, right? Go ask your spouse. Don't ask your spouse, actually. That was a bad idea. That was dumb. Throw that one out. That was just dumb. But ask somebody, and I promise you, they'll let you know if they love you or not that that you have certain limitations. And it's so important for us to recognize those limitations, to embrace the limitations, Because the limitations that you may have in your life is not going to stop a limitless God. But we got to recognize those limitations. And then when we recognize those limitations, you and I have a choice, right? Remember what a limited time offer does? It lets you know that there's a decision to be made. And the decision in this is this, when it comes to your limitations, you can either whine about your limitations or you can embrace them. You can whine about what you're not. Or you can embrace the fact that in your weakness, he will be made strong. We've got to recognize and embrace. I love the way Paul embraced his limitations. Paul said this, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. You talk about embracing your limitations. He wasn't going to cover up his limitations. He said, I'm going to boast and brag even more. Who does that? Now, let me ask you, I mean, honestly, do you spend more time talking about your good qualities and what you can do or your limitations in your life? Which one? You're good. Everybody in here should have said good because that's what you do. We talk more about what we can do and that we don't like to talk about what we can do. And here Paul is saying, I'm embracing my limitations to such a point that I will boast about them because it gets back to what it's all about. What did he say? Because it's in my weaknesses. Made strong. So he he doesn't whine about it, yet he embraces it. And then the third thing that happens is this, is that we need to understand that our limitations can create or stimulate creativity. I love what Phil Hansen said. Phil Hansen said his ultimate limitation became the ultimate liberation. We got we our, our limitations cause us to think creatively, cause us to step outside the box, cause us to think, what can I do to compensate for this, this limitation that I might have? And the first thing it does is it propels us back to a sense of dependency upon God. How do I think outside the box? I think outside of myself. If I recognize that I have limitations, I got to think beyond myself. And my limitation can do one of two things. It can cause me to run or cause me to come closer to God. 
because I recognize my dependency on him. Here's another thing that, and it's not in your notes, but I want you to write this one down because it's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Write this down. (laughs) We'll talk about the good, never mind. Creativity, I'm sorry, limitations also create community. Write that down. Limitations create community. What the heck is he talking about? Limitations create community. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Now, this isn't bragging. This isn't boasting. I'm just going to be honest, okay? I have been given the best staff in all of the United States. The people I get to work with are the best team that I could ever work with in my life. They're amazingly gifted, amazingly talented, from Kurt in the sound booth to Josh, what he does on stage, Lisa and how she helps, well, how she runs the church, really. Um, (laughs) Gabrielle and and the children. Listen, we've got the greatest team. And you know why they're great? Because they're good at all the stuff I'm not. All the stuff that I'm limited in, they're really good at. And so it creates community. Why? Because I'm dependent on them. If I want to use this limited time offer that I have to be used by God powerfully, then I've got to live in a community where people can do things that I can't do. Because it's not all about just you. It's about you living in community and that community coming together, being used by Jesus and moving past any one person's limitations. Because when we're all together, listen to me, great kingdom stuff happens. And so I love the way that Paul writes it. He, put, he, he writes it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read it out of the message version because I, I just love the way it reads. He says, I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown into something huge. All the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? And and if the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you remove the ear from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? And if it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. The, The hand could say, I'm limited, I can't see. But in community, it's able to go past its limitations because it's working together as the body. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you get where I'm going? Your limitations can be covered by community. In fact, look at the person next to you and say, I need you. (laughs) Some of you did that a little creepy. (laughs) Just got a little weird there. (laughs) I need you. (laughs) I'm going to move over here then. But you get what I'm saying? We do. We need one another. We, why? Because, hey, how many of you in here this morning would understand and recognize and be, not more than just recognize, be moved by, be moved by the reality you're living with a limited time offer? And when I know I'm living with a limited time offer and I know the great kingdom things that God has put deep inside my heart to see come to pass, man, I need you to make that happen. And the great kingdom vision that God has placed in you, because hey, check this out. There is not one person sitting in here today, not one, not one, 
Not a single one that God hasn't placed a God vision in your heart. A deep, maybe you just don't recognize it today, but there's a deep God passion for you to accomplish something great for his glory. And it's going to come to fruition. But you know how it's going to come to fruition? With the person sitting next to you. And the person sitting behind you. And the person sitting in front of you. Why? Because our limitations are overcome by community. Okay, I'm going to stop preaching here. Point number four, write this down. Is that we also need to know that limitations, if properly embraced, can open the way for God to work in a greater way. If we embrace our limitations in the proper way, go ahead and do this. Circle proper. (laughs) Circle properly embraced. Because it has to be properly embraced. Because what is a danger in our limitations is this, is that when I look at my limitations with the wrong perspective, you know what I think of myself? I'm a loser. Man, I wish I was better than that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We all have limitations, right? Here's one of mine. I am horrible when it comes to names. Horrible when it comes to remembering people's names. Ho- horrible. Horrible. I, 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 I call my wife Bay because I forget her name. <laughs> I'm horrible with names and now so because i'm horrible with names and i happen to work for a guy pastor farrell he remembers who checked his baggage in 1979 and can call them by name i can't stand pastor farrell can't we're not recording this right but i I can stand next to him and i can he, he like rattles people's name and then i'm like What's up, dude? <laughs> How many of you know that's the way you get out of the name thing, right? And if it's in church, what's up, bro? Come on, bring it in. Bring it in. So I can look at myself as like this loser that can't do what Pastor Farrell can do. But when I properly embrace my limitations, when I see things through the right perspective, I can get blown away by God still choosing to use someone as dumb as me. <laughs> have limitations how many of you like cheesy uh, commercials <laughs> okay just me um, <laughs> I still remember this one commercial I thought it was cheesy but man it gets me every single time this was um, a Nike commercial it's probably about 20 years ago at this point and it's a black and white commercial no words are spoken just images of different athletes will come on and it's got Joe Cocker in the background singing you are so beautiful you know this one? You are so I hate you. beautiful. I absolutely hate you. Tell I can't do that. Can't see. All right, now you're, you're showing off. Everything so, I hope. Can you shut his mic off? <laughs> Take back that whole staff thing I was talking about earlier. So. <laughs> So there's this image, and, and the first image, it's got this boxer, and he's got this, he's just these nasty cauliflower ears. And another athlete comes in as a basketball player, and you can see where he's just completely blown out his Achilles heel. Then you see this hockey player, and just starts to zoom in on his face. All he does is smile, and there's a big missing tooth right there. And all these things that people would see as limitations, right? The scars, the nasty ears, missing teeth, limitations. 
Joe Cocker singing in the background, you are so beautiful. And man, if that doesn't just make me think of how our God looks at us, with all of our limitations, with all of our shortcomings, all of the things that people in the world might point out and go, they're not really good at this and this, and man, God sings, you're so beautiful to me. You're so beautiful that when I see you, I sing over you. (laughs) The Bible talks about that. That he sings over you, his people, because you're so beautiful to him. And so my hope this morning, as we conclude, and hopefully we go enjoy some good barbecue and hang out with family and friends, my prayer for you today would be twofold. First would be this, that you would understand you have a limited time offer here limited time offer what are you doing with it God wants to use you in a powerful way despite the limitations that you may have in your life God is going to move in them if you decide to act on this limited time offer and so for those of you that are in here today hey every single one of us every single one of us let's get sold out for Jesus let's just Take all the chips that we have, push it into the center, and say, God, do your thing. And I promise you, if you do this, despite how you see your limitations, God is going to change those limitations to show his glory and his goodness as you step out in faith for him. How many of you this morning would say, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's time to get moving because life is short. This is the day. This is the day. Would you close your eyes this morning? God, I thank you that you are so beautiful and you see us as beautiful. God, I thank you so much that you've given us this limited time offer. What a joy that it is to have that. What a privilege it is to have that. God, I pray that with our limited time that we have here on earth, that you would use every single one of us in here in crazy, powerful, kingdom-building ways. God, I pray that you would birth vision and dream, things, people we haven't even thought of before. You would just impart that into us by the power of your Holy Spirit and say, that's your destiny. That's your calling. That's your ministry. That's where I'm taking you to. And no matter what you might see yourself as, as limited, I am a limitless God. Oh, Holy Spirit, speak that to our hearts. Speak it to our minds. Speak it so deep within us that we cannot help but walk out of here with boldness and confidence knowing you go before us. And all God's people say. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.